Welcome to Leverage Masters, airing weekly on Tuesdays at 12 Eastern and on demand on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio. Leverage Masters hosts Jack Humphrey and Gina Gaudio-Graves discuss leverage strategy with guest leveragists. Be sure to subscribe to Leverage Masters in your favorite podcatcher for great tips and case studies on using leverage to achieve your biggest goals much faster. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Leverage Masters. I am your co-host, Gina Gaudio-Graves, the co-founder of TheLeveragists.com, as well as Divisio.com, the all-new affiliate network for businesses doing good. And boy, do we have a Leveragist joining us today. We have my co-founder, Jack Humphrey, joining us as well. So hello, Jack. How are you today? Very, very good. I just got done with some awesome meditation, a big long walk in the woods this morning, and I am ready to go. You are going to have so much fun with our guest today, so I'm just going to let you get right to it. Well, we have Jackie Lappin here uh, on Leverage Masters today, and she is a leader in helping transformational leaders, authors, practitioners, speakers, and messengers connect with their next followers around the globe. For the past 10 years, her internationally acclaimed conscious companies have been providing PR campaigns, radio, media tours, and speaking engagements to support the growth and revenue of changemakers. Her clients have included Don Miguel Ruiz, Dr. Joe Vitale, James Twyman, Denise Lynn, Ariel Ford, Hay House, and many more. Jackie, welcome, welcome, welcome to Leverage Masters. I am delighted to be here, Jack and Tina. This is really fun for me. Well, yeah, this is kind of right up your alley, isn't it? It sure is. Um, I spend a <laughs> I lot of my time. this is your first podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I love podcasts, and I love uh, radio shows, and I love speaking engagements. Those are fun things for me, So, um, and that's what my joy is in getting the word out that uh, giving giving people the opportunity to do the same so well so we got a little bit of an overview there but uh, there's always that and then there's what you're really hot and bothered and fired up about now and what gets you out of bed in the morning what is what is uh, what's the thing that's really got you going right now right now it's summer I love summertime <laughs> because it gives me the chance to uh, have what I call my sacred Sundays when I get out in the backyard we're amongst nature um, we've got uh, uh. red-tailed hawks and uh, ducks in my pool uh, baby ducklings actually uh, and uh, a beautiful I have a pair of nesting doves and so I get to hang out in my beautiful backyard listening to waterfalls and reading novels and that's my favorite thing in life um, and so that decides to travel so um, summer just lights me up, and um, it makes me feel like uh, it, it, everything else I do contributes to a lifestyle that lets me do those things. Awesome. I can just picture you out there like the sound of music with birds on your arms and singing <laughs> and dancing. And <laughs> I love it when the awesome. deers run through well, the front yard. <laughs> and I'm in Southern California where yes. you don't expect to see a lot of that. Right. Well, and you can also see a mountain lion maybe stalking them too. <laughs> depending yes, on where you actually, are in every California. now and then we see one of those running down the street. <laughs> oh, what an honor! 
maybe not down a street. I'd pro- I'd rather see one my first one on a promontory in the wilderness somewhere, but I would take whatever I can get. Wildlife biologists who study mountain lions uh, often go their entire careers never seeing one in the wild. They are very, very elusive. Yeah, no, well, we've got, we've got a whole, they actually are numbered up here in the Santa Monica Mountains so they can track them um, and know, the, uh-huh. you know where they're living and what their habitats are. So when they come through, it's, uh, it's a nice little visitation. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, what a great setting to do what you do. Uh, tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, start us off with an interesting story about what you've done for somebody, a nice little case study or something like that that's worked out nicely lately and greatly improved someone's uh, visibility or anything uh, in, along the lines of what you help people do. Well, why don't I tell you a little bit about, you know, how I got started because people already love that story. Um, I was oh, an 11-year-old yes, who stories. proclaimed to my parents that I was going to be a sports writer. And, uh, and I focused all my attention. I'm a conscious creator. I focused all my attention on that. And by the time I was um, uh, 20, I was at the Detroit Free Press. At 21, I was on the front pages of the L.A. Times and, uh, and, uh, and at the Associated Press. And at 22, I was at the Washington Post. Um, and wow. so, and I also co-hosted Dodger Dugout that year as well, the TV show. Um, so uh, I started out in life as a sports writer, moved into having a, a large sports special events PR and cable television PR agency that was one of the leaders in the country. <clears throat> Fought a lot of discrimination about girls don't do those kinds of things. And um, then, um, and of course, we had a world-class client list. And I, in, fact, in fact, I even launched, the, here's another thing that people don't know about me, I launched the worldwide poker phenomenon with the World Poker Tour. So I've, I've done Whoa. a lot of fun things through my life um, and uh, worked in a, in a big sandbox. But what really motivated me to move into the area that I am is I wrote a couple of books on personal growth. And both of them are bestsellers, and one was the, be- the uh, uh, best-selling, uh, the, was considered the best spiritual book of the year at the International New Age Trade Show. And that really, really called to my heart. Um, I really felt that I wanted to serve the conscious messengers of the world, the people who were making a difference, um, who had a, a message of uh, improvement for us as the planet. And that's when I switched everything over, and uh, we switched it to Conscious Media Relations, where I've been doing radio media tours and and, um, uh, book tours for the last several years, Um, until I got into doing what I'm doing now, which is I continue to do those things. But this is really, you know, a calling, and and people are telling us that we're creating avenues that they've never had before. So, um, So I think just the fact that I come from such a unique background, um, to where I am is, is something that most people just don't uh, ha- not have. You know, many people stay in their own in in their own sort of silo. But I've kind of been all over the map. I've reinvented myself a dozen different times. Well, that's good, isn't it? I mean, uh, I, I read a uh, an article about a study that um, talks why people, as we get older, start to feel like time keeps going faster and faster. Uh, and somebody came out with a really good explanation. It might be the explanation because it was a, a psychologist and some other really smart people who had figured out that the brain only maps new experiences in great detail. Like every little detail that it can possibly cram, it'll expend the energy 
to, to get all of those details down. And when you do something routine, it doesn't bother. It doesn't hmm. waste the energy and the power to do it. And it doesn't that make sense? Yeah. When you hear that, it's like, oh, yeah, well, of course. So when we start to get older, we get usually into routines. Or whenever in our lives we get into routines, that's when people start talking more about how time just seems to be flying by. And what it does is it compresses time. So what you do and what people do when they reinvent themselves and when they go on adventures and when they really seek out new experiences, is you're actually kind of making your life longer because you can remember a lot more of what's going on. You have a lot more memories and your brain is taking the energy to, to map all of those new experiences or different experiences out where, you know, just waking up and brushing your teeth, it has absolutely no need for recording that every single day. Mm-hmm. Made sense right. to me. So good job on Thank that you. reinvention. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what was, also uh, keeps, was... you, keeps you alive and fresh. And, um, you know, they say that uh, holding off Alzheimer's is a, it's a matter of keeping your brain engaged. So. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, heck, if it's not, it's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, if we don't know for sure, it's still a good idea to just keep engaged because why else are we here, right? Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. My grandpa wanted to retire when I was little. Uh, you know, I always asked him what he was doing when I came over, and he said taking a break. And he just loved being retired, but he really retired, like completely, and he got Alzheimer's and. Uh, you know, his last years weren't his best, and just and it wasn't easy on the family or anything. But uh, he kind of proved that to me. I knew as a little kid, I got a really good example of why you don't want to stop using your mind and thinking and you know uh, and challenging yourself. So yep. that kind of was an indelible impression for me. I was going to ask you, given it's kind of a it's related to what our our listeners are into, and everybody's got a business. Everybody's looking for. Um, exposure, publicity, um, but not that word. And what I'm getting at is a lot of people are like, well, I need search engine traffic, I need to get on Facebook, and I need to get social stuff going. And what I haven't heard a lot about is what people like you do. And it's, But it seems to be coming back because it's so hard now because everybody's focused on search or social or ads and all that stuff because that's the trend. And good old-fashioned just publicity stuff, I don't know if that's something that you want to go into great depth in, but what I'm excited about is it seems to be that's the angle now that you can go at with very little competition because there aren't as many people out there talking about get on podcasts, get on other people's stages, use that leverage. Um, most of what's going around out there that I've seen are courses on how to advertise and how to spend money to get people in and not use really, I mean, that's leverage, but it's not the kind of leverage that you deal in. It seems to me that that's coming back in vogue in a, in a pretty big way, and that's just my impression. What do you think? Well, the first thing is the, that personal interaction with the potential client is far more effective than just sending something to somebody online. Once they get a sense of who you are and they can get a feel to know, like, and trust, that's when you're going to start to see movement and purchase and following and uh, people who want to come into your community. And so what we did is, you know, we felt that the most important service that our clients had been asking for and that we weren't providing 
was how to get on more stages, where to get on those stages. You know, there's lots of speaker, te- speaker trainers out there, and there's some great ones, and we have alliances with them. But most people say, I don't have the time to go looking for speaking engagements. Why? Where are they? And how come they can't come to me? Well, we're trying to fix yeah. that. We've created something called Speakertunity. And Speakertunity provides uh, transformational leaders, anybody with a message of, you know, could be empowerment, could be wellness, could be environment, could be um, how to build a heart-based business. Uh, there's all kinds of things that transform people's lives. Anybody with, one of, with a mission or a message like that, we are providing twice a month a tip sheet where they can actually get direct contacts to those people who actually will book them. And we have everything in this tip sheet from tons of local chapters of organizations, women's organizations, civic organizations, chambers of commerce, holistic chambers of commerce, to um, you know, some health and wellness support groups and uh, obscure things that are really right for certain people, you know, uh, the near-death experience group. Uh, you know, they get 200 people every chapter in Santa Barbara, for example. Um, to uh, uh, organizations that are general networking, business networking, we have tons of different organizations and specialty groups that are looking for speakers. Then we have conferences, conventions, lifestyle events, or multi-speaker events. Let's say somebody has an opportunity for someone else to be on their stage. Then we give them bookstores and uh, retreats and resort centers. And one of my personal favorites, people, you know, the communities that really love this kind of content, uh, Unities and Centers for Spiritual Living. Um, we profile organizations in every issue where we say, here's what this organization does. It could be human resources. It could be a woman's group. It could be any of the things I just talked about. And we say, here's where you go for your local chapter. So we're always looking for those, and when and we're feeding them back into um, the Speakertunity tip sheet so that people can actually just immediately connect with those people that are, um, that are looking for uh, speakers with a message. And then what a lot of people said to us, okay, now you're giving us a place where we can actually find the in-person speaking engagements, but what if I don't want to leave my house? So we created Speakertunity Radio Insider, so people could then uh, get the radio shows that we know are actually looking for uh, content that informs and educates and inspires. We, uh, I'm actually rating my list of 3,000 personal growth radio shows that I usually do for my, uh, my radio media tours. And then lastly, people kept, you know, would often get virtual summits on their desk, and they'd say, ah, I would have been great for this, but it's already booked. So we set out to provide them direct contacts for, speak- for virtual summits where there are open seats so that they can contact those people who have those open seats and get themselves on those summits before they're already booked. So we felt that being the transformational connector was really our sweet spot because we know about all of these or we have access to them or we can find them and research them. And it's our job to take the research time out of the process so these people can get on with doing these engagements and doing the revenue-generating things that are exciting and putting them in front of people. 
Well, that has to be one of the biggest reasons that Gina said you were a master leveragist. <laughs> Putting yourself in the middle of, of the, in the eye of the storm like you have, it, as you know, as you've experienced, is a really, really good way to get uh, some power that, that you don't normally get if you're just one of the people out there doing your business and looking for those connectors like you because you're connected to everybody. You can kind of see the whole playing field from your vantage point, right? Absolutely, and we continue to do that. Uh, we, even, we even encourage people to send us leads. We have on the website, Speakertunity, uh, a, a place where you can actually submit leads. It's just speakertunity.com forward slash submissions. So while we're researching, we're also grateful for those people who recognize that we are helping float the boat of humanity and sending us what they know about. Yeah. So it's probably almost impossible for you to answer my question then because you're such a lightning rod. It is not in your personal experience that any of the things that I said were, you know, it's, you just don't see it that way because you see all of the people. I mean, it, it sounds bustling and thriving, and, uh, you know, pe- there's some competition. People are, you know, sometimes having to miss out on things that have already passed or already been filled. It's just completely the opposite of what I described in your world, isn't it? Absolutely. We're looking ahead, not back. We're looking for the opportunities that are going to open up the opportunities for our subscribers, for people who are looking to deliver their message in a much bigger way to humanity, change more lives. You know, that's really the mission here uh, that we share with those people that are with us, and that's to change more lives. And, of course, obviously you want to... You want to build your own business so that you can live a great lifestyle. But to do that, you have to get in front of more people. So that's kind of why our mission exists. Yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about some stats that you would obviously know in your, in your industry, uh, probably off the top of your head, but, or if not, just make some up and sound really smart. But <laughs> <laughs> I know you know them. Um, so, I mean, how, is, how are things going? They used to say that podcasts were um, going to always be awesome and good and, and, and highly attended and things like that because people were listening to them in their cars and cars were becoming equipped with – you know, which is now technology and probably every new car, uh, the ability to get on and, and listen to podcasts and, and all of that kind of stuff, and at least Bluetooth from your phone to your car speakers, if not directly into iTunes and everything else. How is all of that going? Because the last I heard, that was supposed to be super, super big, and it's been a couple of years. All the fleet of cars in the world have now changed over a little bit more. What is it like uh, in terms of, when you get on a podcast, um, you know, listenership or things like that, or people maybe that you would coach to have a podcast to help make those connections with other people uh, with a little podcast trick. Come on my podcast and maybe I can be on your thing. How is the industry doing? Is it thriving? What are the numbers like? Absolutely. Um, And one of the things that makes such a distinction is that with a podcast, you really can focus in on a particular uh, subject matter that appeals to that podcast listeners. You know, when you're going to talk to a host that it has invited you and to their community, you know exactly what they're interested in. And 
For example, mm-hmm. with broadcast radio, that's just a shot in the dark, you know, the, the people who right. might be interested in you. But with podcasts, and a lot of times with Internet radios, both of those really focus an audience on, on a particular topic, and you can either, either you're a great match or you can, might be able to adapt your message to that audience. But your ratio of actually having people that are interested in your topic goes way up. Um, and broad, and, and there's, that's not a knock on broadcast. Um, there are some real benefits to podcasts and Internet that I love, one of which is a lot of times the, author, the uh, host will actually have either read your book or really delved into your material and they know you well. And they'll actually help sell your programs and products to the, their community in the marketplace as opposed to a broadcast person that just gives you five, ten minutes to tell what you do and you're right. one and done. So I'm a big believer in this new world of audio and, and uh, digital uh, 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 broadcasting in various different ways. Um, one of the other things that I, I really love about it is that you don't have to have, for example, a book that just came right out, out of the, uh, you know, off the presses. They don't care as long as the content is really good whether it's a book that you're losing, or a program you're exploring, or whether you're a psychic doing readings. They don't care as long as the story is good, the information is good, and the, and the, and the listenership is getting great value from it. Um, and that's what really works when you're talking about podcasts and radio shows, building such great value that by the time you get to your offer, your invitation, your book, people are clamoring for what it is you have. Yeah, which is awesome, and I, I, I'm happy. I, it's really neat to be able to tap into what's going on in a particular industry or specialty out there every week when a new expert comes around, because you open up these worlds that we might not have really been thinking about that much. Um, and I know that you're reminding people right now that they, at one point or another, knew that they should. Uh, go explore how they could get on more podcasts and share their experience. I know that this show serves as a reminder for those kinds of things, and you've given us uh, resources already today where people can get plugged in to a whole new thing, speakertunity.com. I had no idea existed. I have a couple of things in my mind. They may not even still be in business, or they are, but I haven't been back in a while. So you're reminding me and everybody listening there's a whole world. There are often lots of different parallel universes out there when it comes to promotion and uh, the circles that we run in, the things that we think about and keep alive in our minds on a day-to-day basis are the very basic things like fulfilling customer needs, getting on and coaching people, uh, going out and doing your thing on social, blogging or whatever. You know. And then we start to forget things like this, which is a really, really rich area to get exposed. And I well, do and still I see a in a lot of the not, industries that I deal with, people are ignoring it. And, and that might mean that there's less competition for those of us who don't continue to ignore it and start to take action on it. Well, what I, what I love about all of these are the kinds of things that you – there are multiples of opportunities. And if you build a relationship, you can come back again. It's not like, all right, you've, you've done this task or been this place and you can't go back again. The yeah. big thing that really I think stops people is not so much of, well, maybe they don't think about it. It's just they don't have the time. You know, our, mm. our busy lives as business owners is so 
filled with stuff. Who has the time to go looking for this? And that's really, I think, the secret sauce here. Uh, we've created a way to get to these people without you having to do the research. You know, it takes that big burden off of you. Well, now that I can have it right in front of my desk, well, why not do it? And that's the big why, why not. Um, and we, right. we actually even have a training program where we teach people to write the materials that get them booked on all of these three venues so that they have a, 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 a high, high success rate. That's really... Uh, if anybody's really unsure that, all right, now I've got the places, but I'm not sure what I need to write, do I, what, what was my speaker, uh, one sheet, what should it look like, or what should be in it, or my radio TV pitch letter, or my appeal to my summit host. Well, we're going to help them over that uh, obstacle as well. So our goal is just to make this so simple that people, all you have to do is send a lot of emails, do a few follow-up calls, and you're really out there making a difference, getting the people into your community and being, uh, uh, you know, increasingly successful at the vision that you have that for yourself. So we look at this as it, it may not be the breakthrough of all time, but what it is is a magic, magical breakthrough in time by saving time. Yeah. It's really funny some of the things I'll read the morning of these shows that have to do directly with I wonder why I'm reading them, like how sometimes I get into these things, these updates from people that I don't normally get them from, or it's just coming kind of out of left field. And uh, and then I find out on the show with how it pertains, but this morning I read something in, in LinkedIn, uh, and it was an update from Gary Vaynerchuk. And that's really weird because I usually just pop into LinkedIn and do some very specific things. I don't read my timeline as closely as I might I should, maybe, <laughs> and this just caught my eye, so I read it, and he said, after working with hundreds of companies and tons of startups and investors and everybody pitching him constantly with investment opportunities, new startups, new things, he said, the number one thing that I've found that is going to be working for people here in the future, very, and that's working for people right now, is in your startup if you deal uh, exclusively in convenience. Hmm. Now, why the heck would I read that? Why would I have read that today and then have you come and you're one of those examples of providing convenience to people? Because we, maybe we know we're supposed to be doing this a lot more and we know we would be good on those shows and we, we have a lot to offer and everything, but like you said, life gets in the way, business gets in the way, there's a lot of things to do and unless it's convenient, that we don't do it. We, we, we find ourselves week to week going, man, I was going to do that last week. <laughs> and here you are, you know, raising your hand going, hey, convenience right here. And then well, you got Gary V backing you up One today. of the, the reasons that this is such a sweet spot is because the people that a lot of times take advantage of our services are people who don't fit into a speaker's bureau or you don't qualify for a speaker's bureau. They're not on big stages making tons of money that Speakers Bureau want to put them out uh, and not take a chance on because they know that this person will generate ten or $20,000 every time they speak. So these people need venues to speak at, but nobody's going to do it for them. And so right. unless they, you know, they actually hire somebody to take speaker tunity and then make those calls for them, which some people do. They have an assistant to, to do that. But by and large, they're not going to find somebody out there repping them any longer because many of those people that had smaller agencies that would take on folks like this, 
they're gone. They couldn't make a living. So something had to come into that void and provide that, as you said, that convenience where this would make it easy and simple and yet accessible so that they could do what in the past somebody might have paid, they paid to do, but there's nobody doing that anymore. Jack? 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 <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sitting here just talking away. <laughs> I was saying, I I, uh, I don't know if you know Dave Lacani, but he's a speaker. He's He's been on the circuit for uh, as long as I've known him in the early 2000s. And one of the things that he shared, uh, he is such an – he just loves – uh, publicity. He loves not just publicity. He loves getting out there and helping people, and in way different ways than just his areas of expertise, um, his immediate areas of expertise. And he once wrote an article saying um, how he would um, he would get on what is that hero or something like that? It's a, a, a way to help reporter help a report Haro. <laughs> yeah, help he would get on there out. and yeah, and he would pitch in. Uh, for just about anything that he was interested in. So he broadened what his, from his core experience, he broadened out there and started helping out. He's really big into philosophy. He's really big into, uh, you know, all kinds of things that he's taught himself. He read, he used to read, you know, a couple of books a week or something more than that. I think it was more dramatic than that. But he's just got a really broad range of, and I'm like, why are you doing that? And he explained it one time. He's like, a lot of times these things actually lead to clients, and I just love doing it whether it did or not. And I get on more shows. I get, in, I get more quotes in more news, well, newspapers before they were, you know, whatever, but <laughs> more quotes in, in articles and things like that. And, um, and it really does lead back to me, even though it might have been on a topic where all of the readers had no idea I would be good for them in maybe my consulting or, or a friend of theirs. But the general profile of Dave Lacani was just raised all over the Internet that did help him be found by the people who were looking for him for his particular services, even though they weren't related sometimes when he was answering a, a reporter about a physics question. Hmm. And he loved it so much. My point is he loved being out there and doing that so much. He actually found benefits for his own business that he wasn't even looking for when he started to just do it for fun. Yeah. And just really reaching out. Anything you have expertise in, it's really nice to get a quote and have somebody go, yeah, this is Dave Lacani, and he knows a lot about this stuff, and here's his answer. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. Well, one of the things I like about what we've done with Speaker Tunity Radio, which include podcasts, is that we find those that are open to this kind of content, but they, you know, we've got everything from uh, business podcasts in there to mind, body, spirit, to wellness, to uh, opportunities to speak on uh, 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 addiction and recovery. Uh, there's general kinds of, you know, uh, regular broadcast radio shows that are like morning shows. We've got a whole range of different things, and what's nice about it is kind of like Haro, where you can either adapt and mold to the specific subject matter, or just take a shot. Why not? You know, they may like what you've got. Yeah. 
Um, and so you're looking at different kinds of audiences with each of these, but we just kind of want to present a menu so that you can see where you fit. Awesome. So you have the, the, the breadth there definitely of topic range and everything that somebody could come in and just, if they wanted to do a pull a Lacani, they could even do that if they wanted to. But they're certainly going to find shows that they need to be on, that pe who, whose listeners need to hear what they have to say and the expertise that they have to share for sure. Well, you know, and I've spent, I've, I've probably, I think the numbers that we're looking at at this point is that I've booked more than 10,000 interviews over the last 10 years. Yeah. That's pretty and good. So, That's pretty good. <laughs> I have a pretty good idea of what sells and who's out there and what they, what they want. And it's yeah. really a matter of looking at the shows that they've done in the past and seeing how you fit into the formula that they have created and offering them something that is within their ballpark. Yeah. So I totally turned this interview inside out and asked you an ending question at the beginning. What do you think about that question now? So, I mean, you've booked 10,000 interviews. You've worked with so, so many people. Do you have a favorite story of somebody? If you're thinking about our listeners, some of them have known they needed to and wanted to get on a show and do a really good interview and things like that. They wanted to get started. A lot of them fall in that camp of maybe having done one podcast or are still trying to figure out what they can do, get on radio or, or anything else. But take us through a scenario or a, 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 something that you've done and watched someone really grow and blossom into somebody who didn't maybe know that it was going to be this big and, and they're like on stages all the time now or something like that. Any stories like that? Well, I've got one on the radio and podcast side. Um, I've been working with a man named Ken, Kent Heckenlively. And he has written a book regarding uh, the controversy about autism versus the immunizations. And it follows very much, it covers a lot of the same uh, um, uh, 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 categories as a, a well-known film on this subject matter. Um, and what he had not experienced was the incredible public response to his message. And when we started doing this radio media tour for him, we started getting some very, very big radio shows that, and, and it was with, it, things that we didn't anticipate, uh, shows on natural food, because this was all about uh, treating things naturally rather than taking these immunizations that actually could cause trouble. But he was he would kept getting invited on major major shows that had really not opened their doors to a lot of uh, of the other folks that we've worked with because people felt that there was such a compelling need to get this information out and Kent's platform just kept growing and growing and growing and uh, his publisher I, I was proud to say said it was one of the two best selling books of the year for them because he was able to deliver his message in a very compelling and concise way and. He was just overwhelmed at the response, and it's been a real fun thing to see him blossom, and he's actually been uh, presenting on Congress steps and helping in the lobbying efforts uh, to get this administration to change their policies, and it's given him much higher visibility, and he's really grateful for the opportunities that it afforded him to 
come sort of out of nowhere because he's actually a, a junior high school science teacher, um, but with an autistic child and uh, been able to give him a forum to get out there in a much, much bigger way. So it's been really fun to, to work with him and see how this has changed his life. Uh, so that's been really kind of fun. I've also worked with... Well, you a, a, you just described somebody that just went straight to the top. I mean, if he's in the uh, halls of Congress and, and helping to change policy and all of that, I mean, for a guy with his issue... Uh, his his passion over that issue, <laughs> that's about as far as you you know you can get. I mean, I know there's more big things to go, but to come from a junior high school teacher situation to <laughs> haunting the halls of Congress and and helping to make policy and 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 having a bigger name and a bigger voice out there, well, you just told the story of just a, a just how far these things can go with the right kind of campaign. Absolutely, you bet. Um, and one of the things I like about our speaker stuff is what that, you know, if you don't yet have a really, really big name, you really want to start in your community or, you know, with people that are easily aligned with you. Get your signature speech down. Get comfortable. See what's working. Does your offer work from the stage? Build into a place where you know that you have a powerhouse and then start getting on bigger stages. Now, we've got a lot of, we've got, we've got about 30% of what we offer is paid engagements and the rest is speak to enroll. But what it does is it gives you the chance to, if you're effective at selling from the stage, you're going to really build a substantial business. And then the paid engagements are gravy. That's just the icing on the cake. Yeah. Wow, it's amazing you're even talking about paid engagements. Uh, I just figured we'd gotten rid of that. <laughs> no, That's no, awesome. I mean, there's still a place for them. And, you know, they are, they are a valuable opportunity. They are fewer than they used to be. There used to be a lot more. But there are still places that are looking for just the right speaker, and they're, gonna, they're absolutely going to either pay their expenses or pay them to show up. So it all depends on how good a fit you are for that environment. So if somebody's getting off the fence today, they're listening to you, and they're, they're like, all right, this is the last time I need to hear this message before I take action, because I've heard this a bunch before, and I've had a lot of prodding from my own little guilt engine in my head that I should be doing something. What are some of the first steps that you would recommend for somebody to begin facing in this direction? Because their website might not be exactly what it mm. should be. I bet they don't they haven't done their one sheet yet. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. But what are the what or is there a place they can go on your site to learn more about these kinds of things? Uh just to help people really get off that fence and get going in this direction. Well, absolutely. There uh, this is just a, a fun um educational kinds of resource, which is 10speakersecrets.com. That's going to give you some of what we're talking about here when I give you some of this update, but that's a, that's just a good information source, but to answer some of the questions that you're that you're looking at, yes, um, there are two key factors in that you really need to look at quickly because the first thing that a speaker booker is going to do is look at your website, and if you have a 10-year-old website that looks 10 years old, you've shot yourself in the foot. It needs to be a contemporary website with horizontal layout, lots of big pictures, very little words then they know that you are in the flow of what is actually happening today. 
That's one key thing. Uh, and and you really would like to have a page on there that's dedicated to your speaking with a little video yeah. of you presenting. Not not just a sizzle reel, because that's great, but how do you look when you're on stage? That's an important one. How do you engage with the yeah. audience? Um, another thing is older photos. If you are putting in your speaker one sheet on your website pictures of you 10 years ago, I know we're all a little vain, um, <laughs> that is not authentic. And the minute you walk in the door, they're going to see that's not you. And that's going to develop a trust uh, division. So you really, really want to make sure that your photos are contemporary and they present you as you currently are. Now, it doesn't mean you can't use a little retouching, but not massively. Um, if you've got a few wrinkles, if your hair is gray, you know, if you used to have hair that was straight and now it's curly, you know, if you don't have any hair, <laughs> present yourself how you really look. That's an important factor. And then a speaker one sheet is a really, really important document that presents all of the reasons why somebody should book you. It's really, that's its reason to exist. Why should they book you? Not just your credentials, but what is the audience going to get for it? How is it going to change their lives? That's really critical. And in our Get Book training program, that's how we, we teach you how to present that in a way that really gets people excited. So, um, so those are you know, really nice ways to uh, and build a document that's going to get attention and put you at the top of the heap. And, and beyond that, is there a minor league kind of tour you can go on, like a friend's podcast? Where do you recommend that people start just to get used to being interviewed and used to uh, taking all the ums and ahs and everything out of their <laughs> dialect and things like that? How do, you, how do you take people through that process? Well, I think you're right. A friend's podcast is a great place to do that and then re-listen it, to it again. But one of the things that we actually tell people when we do radio media tours is give the host a list of questions that you want to be asked so that there are less surprises that might come up and you're less nervous. The biggest problem people are, are concerned that they're not going to know what somebody's say when somebody asks them a question and they're going to get flustered. So one of the things yeah. we say is give the host a list of questions, but before you do that, write out your answers so you know where you're going and what you want to say. That Don't repeat those word for word, but at least you have a confidence level. That's what's in that question. If when I get asked that, I know what I'm going to answer. So it takes the butterflies away when you pretty much have a good idea of where the interview is going to go and what you're going to answer. And once you do that a few times, I, I, one of the things that I found is I did 100 interviews for my last book, um, Practical Conscious Creation. And when I did that, my in-person speaking got better because I knew what my, ah. how to present the answers to the questions that they were asking in their minds. And it flowed. Nice. So... The more familiar with the, with you that you are with what messages you want to deliver and how you want to deliver them, the easier it gets. Yeah, and then you might because you got to have a lot of practice because sometimes you'll get on a crazy show like this one and uh, I might not even see the questions, and you'll just have to. But you'll you'll, you'll be very comfortable. And we always are talking to pros uh, <laughs> pre 
predominantly here, but uh, you know, you will end up on a show at one time, and they are just—they might enjoy coming out of left field. Um, <laughs> and you're, but if you have all of that background that you just talked about, you would do fine because you would kind of be ready for anything at that point, and you put yourself through all of the different exercises, and you're going to be buff. You're going to be podcast or radio buff by the time <laughs> anybody starts throwing you uh, sliders and, and curveballs. That's, that's exactly right. And the more comfortable you are with your own material, the less anybody's going to throw you. Um, and you're right. absolutely right. One of the things, when we do our, our um, media kits, we always have people put in 20 different questions that they want to be asked in the order they want to be asked. Now, what's nice about this is that 85 to 90% of the host will actually use those questions. So you're only really going to potentially get surprised 5 to 10% of the time. So nice. when you have that kind of assurance, then when those do, do, questions do come that are surprised, you're, you've already mastered presenting. So, hey, what's another question that you didn't anticipate? You know, uh, just as a side note, a lot of the people who are our, listen, our listeners are uh, have blogs. They probably don't blog like they did back in 2010. None of us do, but <laughs> who has the time? But, you know, you publish, and you're always looking for – it would be a really good idea to pretend like you have been asked for the 20 questions uh, that you're going to go on a podcast because you can also get a lot of really great content out of like, what would you want people to ask you, any of you, even those of you who are not thinking about doing a – a podcast or speaking gig right now. I mean, I would say everybody listening should write down those 20 questions because you'll, you'll expose to yourself and remind yourself who you really are as, you know, when you're serving the greater good. When you're really serving to the top of your ability, you're going to say, well, I want to answer these questions. These are the questions I want to answer on my blog, on podcasts, radio shows, on stage. These are the questions, and boy, I would think after that exercise, you would look back at yourself and go, hey, there's a package here where there wasn't before. There well, are boundaries here where I felt at those questions before. and say, what's missing? What haven't I said? Yeah. And then you're going to drop one and add another because something's more important. One of the things that I like to do almost inevitably is the first question is about your story, your journey. How did you get here? How did you come up with this? You know, something in your experience has brought you to what you are teaching or offering or marketing. And so the, to really engage the audience, they want to know where you came from to get here. They might identify with you. So that's almost always my first suggested question. And then it start getting into the content or the product or the resource. And, well, and it's not let's back up you the, don't want to make it commercialized. But you want to ask the questions that enables you to answer, well, how did you create this? Why did you do this? And what's so good about it? Yeah. I just want to back up a little bit because that happened on this show. If you guys rewind this podcast, not right now, wait till it's over, but when it's over, rewind it. And notice how I asked Jackie kind of a middle of the interview question. And she answered the first question she just told you about, who she was. She went back to that anyway, knowing we would get to the other one. But you live what you're talking about, and there's digital proof on this podcast. That's all. I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Great. So, yeah, go, go ahead. I mean, the other questions, are there any other segments to the rest of a, a list of 20 questions, or 
were those the main points? Well, you know, the first is about you. The second part is starting to get into your product and why it's wonderful. The next part is a little bit more extrapolation because, you see, sometimes what happens is that you might not get to all 20 questions. Somebody has a shorter interview. It's only 15 minutes. So you want to put the most important stuff at the top. But then you can go deeper into the subject matter and sort of like the middle and the sort of the, the two-thirds part of the interview. And the last is where you're, you're really leading them into where can they get it, how, you know, what are some of the last of the benefit reminders, and ultimately, um, you know, why, what, you know, what, what, what website, what, you know, where the place is that they can go to, to, to find whatever it is you do. But that's where you can get into things that are less important. But, you know, you're, so your top is the intro. The second part of that is really deepening what the value is that you're doing and the content that you're teaching. So that's part of it. You're teaching at the same time that you're delivering a message of how to solve some kind of problem. And then lastly, the details as to how they can connect with you so that they can take advantage of solving the problem. Nice. Perfect. Well, I want to pivot a little bit here and talk a little bit about the leverage in, in what you do and what you teach people. And uh, I wonder if you might be able to give an example. When we talk about in a leverage black book, uh, reaching for the highest rung on the ladder that is the most practical, maybe a little impractical to reach for, that will give you all the things that would have been done on the other lower rungs of the ladder, such as you know, getting links for your website from people who send you really good targeted traffic, things like that. A lot of people start at the bottom and just go one rung at a time. And we're talking about reaching for the highest point of leverage you can get to and watching all of those other things fill in at the bottom themselves. Uh, do you have examples, or do you want to talk a little bit about how, how that works? Because you put people on stages, you put people, help people get in front of audiences that it would have taken them years to develop on their own, and they just instantly get to be there when they, when they play in your playground. Well, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think the quantity of leads we give them is really the leverage. It's not one at a time. They have the option to go through a number of them and take advantage of it. That's, that's a great starting place in terms of leverage. And then they can go out and take advantage of building relationships with the speaking bookers and the virtual show hosts, the virtual uh, summit hosts and the radio show podcast. Because a lot of times those relations then create more leverage. Those people will say, oh, I'd like you to t come and present to my community, or um, if you're going to be coming into my city, I'll help you promote the event that you're doing, or how to, um, you know, I, I've, got another, I've got another show that I want you to be on. I mean, there's just lots of ways that when you come into contact with these thought leaders and influencers and gatekeepers, as I call them, they may open a bigger gate for you. So that's the real leverage that I often see that comes out of our speakertunity resources. And, and, of course, we love to play in, in, the, in the affiliate and JV space where we're helping our partners provide content and resources to their communities, and, they allow, uh, and, and then we then support them in delivering their messages to ours. So I think that this is a 
a leverage win-win on all different levels. Yeah. Sort of like once you open this box up, there's a lot more that comes out of it than just what's listed on any page of your site because, well, unless you've taken into account that fact that as soon as you start playing around with these guys, they're going to, if you do good, they're going to notice. And because that's, isn't that kind of tough too? I mean, what is it like on the speaker bureau and the um, producer side of things? If we understand more about what their problems are, maybe we can help as speakers and experts solve those problems by not coming at them with, you know, uh, unprepared or um, all the things that really bug those guys. What are some of the things that, that we can be aware of in their world that they're looking for? And once they see somebody who checks all those boxes off, isn't that when those other recommendations, oh, yeah, I just heard somebody, I just booked them over here, and they were awesome. Isn't that where a lot of those come from anyway? Well, I think the most important thing that any gatekeeper wants to hear is what's in it for my audience. How is it going mm -hmm. to change, motivate, help them grow, help them heal? Once they know that, that helps them determine that you're right for them. So you have to present how you solve a problem that that community is currently suffering from. That's the, the big, major, overall message that will help you get yourself booked. Yeah. And thereby, once you've done a great job, the word gets out. Because I think a lot of, uh, I mean, the speaker gatekeepers have a rep to keep themselves, right? And if they, uh, you know, have too many um, no hitters uh, that, that they send to people, it's like, oh, that wasn't that great, or they weren't dynamic, or whatever. Uh, they just weren't prepared enough. Um, the speakers, the gatekeepers, those guys have to keep up their rep too, as somebody who can really provide and bring the goods and, right. and find that talent. So they're really looking hard at your one sheet and all of that stuff, I would imagine, to make sure that you're really um, who they need to recommend to that show. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, that's a critical factor. Yeah. Wow. So, what are your plans for the future? What do you, uh, what do you where do you see all of this stuff going? Because I mean, you said in the beginning you reinvented yourself like twelve times. That we know that's in your DNA. Uh, where are you in your your Are you in the chrysalis stage right now of another reinvention, or is our this something goal, that you? Our you goal might? is to uh, continue to grow Speakertunity, each of our subscription services, to more than a, a thousand subscribers, and then to add brands. We're going to add other Speakertunity resources as we go, different different marketplaces that we're going to tap for the Speakertunity audience for people who want to deliver their messages onto other different stages. So that, we're just going to keep growing and we encourage people. And One of the nice and exciting things that we're doing is to get people in the door um, is a program that we offer that enables people to get one month free. So they can experience uh, speakertunity for themselves or if they are looking to bring this into their communities, that they can offer it to their community for one month free for, for the different uh, subscriptions so that they can, in fact, get a trial and test, and people are so excited about it that they continue to do that. And we've got a, a special website where we let people do that, and it's uh, basically www.speakertunity.com forward slash 
free hyphen trials. And I'll repeat that again. www.speakertunity.com forward slash free hyphen trials. And so that's really what's exciting. That's our next phase. We're we're in the process of uh, introducing that to uh, the community, uh, to your community, where your leverage community, and to our joint venture partners who want to bring this forward as something that they would introduce to their communities as part of a program that they're doing or uh, just because they think it's fantastic. Well, I wish they would invent a better term, a new, more hip and updated term than no-brainer, but this this really checks that box <laughs> because it's <laughs> convenient, right? I mean, you're going to put yourself – and the other thing I thought of while you, were, while, you were, while you were giving me time to think about it, I was thinking there are probably a lot of people in your community uh, who are also podcasters themselves and might have some of those smaller shows or maybe even big shows, I would imagine, that they also have. A lot of people do double duty in this stuff. I don't find a lot of people who are purely guests – um, you know, uh, of shows, and they just go around and bounce around the circuit. A lot of them have had or continue to have their own kind of uh, publication schedule at least or shows or po their own podcast. Is that is that kind of how the makeup yes. of, of your Yes, many of the podcasters and radio show hosts basically have a platform of their own, and they're using the show to attract people into their regular business platform. So, yes, they are doing much more than just being show hosts today. That you only find that occasionally on uh, national or local broadcast radio, but the majority of people today who have some kind of visible platform like this is it's a funnel into their regular platform. Right, right. So I mean, there's just opportunity from every single direction you can imagine. When I mean, it really truly is speaker tunity. <laughs> I mean, there's <laughs> exactly. so many layers. And I have of to tell you, the, the no-brainer reference. Is not the first time we've heard that. <laughs> Lots of people think that. Good. Well, I, I'm good company. None of us have figured out a better word, so we're just going to stick with that one. <laughs> good. Well, Jackie, so thank you so much for being on the show today and uh, taking all my left field questions and <laughs> and doing it like a pro and demonstrating it exactly how it's done. That was really really awesome. And for all the information that you've given us today, this is a, definitely a rewindable. Uh, for everybody listening, so you know, thanks everybody who's listening as well every single week on the Leverage Black Book or Leverage Leverage Masters. Look at me not being professional at all, but you can go pick up the Leverage Black Book at leverageblackbook.com while I'm thinking of it. And uh, again, Jackie, thank you so much for taking the time and and being here today. Oh, it was a joy, Jack and Gina. Thank you for uh, connecting with me and inviting me. So both of you, you are really so fun. very welcome. And we will be back next week, same time, same place, for another episode of Leverage Masters. Have a fantastic week, everyone, and thank you again, Jackie. It was awesome. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye -bye. Tune in next week for another episode of Leverage Masters. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook on our Leverage Black Book page to keep up with the latest. We'll see you next time on Leverage Masters.